you're listening to a Mash Those Buttons podcast. Visit mashthosebuttons.com for a full podcast schedule. Guardian. Guardian. Welcome to all the Sentinels, Dawn Blades, and Arc Striders to episode 70 of In Orbit, Mash Those Buttons podcast dedicated to Destiny and to you, the Destiny community. Wherever you are, however you are, and whenever you are listening to this show, we thank you as always for making this show a part of your Destiny experience. My name is Jorge. And my name is David. And before we begin the show, we want to make sure that you also check out all the other podcasts available here on the Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. Get involved with us in In Orbit by sending us questions to inorbitpodcasts at gmail.com or on Twitter at inorbitpodcast. On today's show, David makes a return to the show, so we're going to get his opinions about Destiny 2. Destiny 1 is getting no more updates. Arc Strider is going to be in the player's hands, and some minor cleanup things at the end. So before we begin, David, how has your week been? It's been good. It's been busy. I am still working in Canada, so I have not had a whole lot of time to play, but I've hopped on there occasionally to just run some strike solo and stuff. It's been good. I will say, just to, as, as a starter, we're missing Jordan again because some, he has some stuff going on at his house, lots of loud noises. I've missed the past two weeks. Two weeks ago was just because we had some audio issues. Last week I was busy and and couldn't, so it's good to be back. Absolutely. Um, Yeah, I mean, my week has been kind of crazy. A lot of stuff at work and family stuff, but, you know, it is what it is. We're going through it, and I've just been having fun uh, doing random Crucible on Destiny. Haven't really done much PvE. Uh, I jumped in a little bit of a couple strikes with some people who haven't maxed out at 400 yet. So they're getting the final pieces to get themselves either raid ready or in some cases to get their level 400. And it, it's interesting watching them play the game from their perspective or rather from our perspective where we got max light within a week or two, whatever it was. And just seeing them try new activities for the first time. Uh, one of my friends, he went through wrath of the machine for the first time a couple weeks ago and he still has yet to go through king's fall which i think is the most important um, almost said strike the most important raid in the game from a lore perspective and from i I, i'm not saying that that wrath of the machine isn't good at all i just think it's more important that um people go through king's fall to finally get that feeling of culmination the completeness with regards to the game well king's fall is definitely like the most thought out and thorough raid per se it's got that book of sorrows that goes with it a story Mm -hmm. really led up to it versus where you had um three missions leading up to crota and really no missions that led up to vault of glass so it's it's definitely Mm -hmm. like that that pinnacle raid while people hate it the most it really is like the pinnacle of what a raid can be Also, one rand. This is something I thought of a long time ago. That's always been weird, in my opinion, um, with the other raids. When you kill a boss in King's Fall and going forward with, for example, Wrath of the Machine, the body stays there. And I it, like people are like, "What do you mean? Like, why is that a big thing?" Like, it always was weird to me that you know when you killed Crota, there were he just bursts into little ashes. Like when you killed Atheon, he just crumbles like all the other strike bosses. But like when you kill Oryx, you see his body like flowing back towards Saturn. When you kill the war priest, he cu- he could fall off the edge and like he's just <laughs> dead there. 
like so like ever since King's Fall, like I noticed those touches. Like I, it was was weird to me why they just dissipated and kind of disappeared. Yeah, with the bosses. I agree. No, it's definitely it's like um. So gonna draw a connection here to Harry Potter, but um, the Harry Potter books, if you haven't read them and only seen the movies, books are way better. In the book, when you def- when Harry ends up, uh, spoiler alert, defeating Voldemort at the end. It's it's this very significant moment where his body is there because it shows that he's human and can be defeated versus in the movies where he just kind of explodes and it's really dumb. And it's that same similar effect where it's like the bosses that just kind of explode. It's like, oh, well, I played a video game. The guy exploded versus like the you defeat the King's Fall boss and his body is there for you to see and teabag if you're that type of person. <laughs> yeah, so... Just as ever since then, it's like a small touch that kind of adds gravity. Like you tipped over this this thing. Like he's done. He's dead, or she, whatever it is. They're defeated. Like they're in front of you. Like that was the challenge. It's 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 a weird sense of accomplishment because you're just looking at a dead body. I know it sounds weird, like very strange that I'm putting too much time into this, but just that small little. <laughs> Like, it, it, but it's 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 these small touches that 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 I always go back to with regards to Destiny. Just small things that add up and and make certain things feel more epic or more powerful. And that's one small touch. Like when you kill the war priest and he's dead, and every so often he could fly off the the edge and fall down. Like he he was at the when you first encountered him, he was a strong boss. Like you were like, oh my gosh, this is. This is an actual boss that we're fighting. There's a mechanic to this or whatever. And you finally take him down and you see the body. Like you feel a sense of accomplishment. Like I completed this. Same thing with Golgroth when he's just like there and like dead. Yeah, you can pass through his body, pick up orbs or whatever, which was always weird for me. But anyway, <laughs> like it, like it, like you feel a sense of accomplishment because you know that this thing has like 20 million HP and you took them down it was it was it's it's a cool little effect is what i'm trying to say definitely so i kind of want to shift gears back a couple episodes because i want david to give his impressions on destiny 2 um because he unfortunately wasn't here officially okay he was here in our i was here i was totally here we recorded an episode i talked a lot it was two and a half hours long we had some great discussions and then you know technical difficulties yes so david's here he can officially give his points david i pass the baton to you what are your thoughts on destiny 2 based on the the gameplay reveal from a couple weeks ago well uh, first off, I'm super excited for Destiny 2. Um, I have a ton of notes that I took back when this was uh, going on. So I'm going to re-pull those back up. We'll go through them all little by little. Um, I mean, so how, 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 should, how do you want to go about this? Do you want to um, should I just start rambling? Go for it. Okay. So uh, main points that I loved about Destiny 2. First off... Um, the patrol mode, which is kind of like the the thing that was the biggest disappointment in Destiny 1, I guess, for most people, I am super excited about because I feel like games, especially games like this, where you're in kind of an MMORPG type world, um, they need a good patrol style thing, whether it's the game is centered around running from space to space to get your activities or um, whether it's just just for going into a big patrol like you need that and with with this world we have a patrol where we have hidden dungeons hidden bosses Uh, you can find missions by finding people there's a town you have to find like that type of stuff is amazing for me and i don't know how big each individual world on its own is going to be but we have multiple worlds with multiple patrols so that is just super awesome to me so kind of jumping in on what you said there um Per Bungie, the uh, European Dead Zone is twice as big as their largest zone. So I believe that's the Cosmodrome. I'm not entirely sure, but I would anticipate it's either between the Cosmodrome or Mars. The, yeah, the, I, yeah, 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 okay. I get what you're saying. Um, 
I am just like super excited more than anything about the, the hidden stuff I mentioned because like, uh, what are they called? Lost sectors they're called. And, um, where you just find a place. I think you get, you can be led to them. If I remember correctly, you can be led to them by finding a mission when you find a random NPC or, um, you can be just wandering and find them. And I'm super excited for that because they're going to have loot specific to those things they mentioned. Uh, there's going to be random bosses in there. And that's awesome because it, it gives you a reason to actually go into patrol with a group. Like if you're like, hey, like I found this lost sector. Do you guys want to go in together? It gives it that dungeon feel that this game has been missing. And I love that. I love that NPCs in the world are going to be viable and have things for you to do that you can get stories from that. They've already mentioned a couple different characters like Hawthorne who will be in the world for you to interact with. That's awesome to me. And I really, really, really love that we're not going to orbit. Like we have incorporated story with the world. So anytime you can hop into these stories or you can just wander the world for a bit. If you get bored of a story, wander the world. Or you can get bored of the world you're wandering, so hop into a story. And stuff like that is awesome. I'm really hoping, because I don't know if they've mentioned this, but I'm really hoping the strikes work similarly. Like you can get to the strikes from the open world. But as we mentioned in the recording that you all never got to hear, um, I don't know if you talked about this, Jorge, I can't remember, but uh, I really want the strikes to be individual areas that are separate from the patrol so that we're experiencing something new every single time we go into a strike. Yeah, I definitely mentioned that uh, with regards to the strikes. Um, from what they were saying, and I struggled because I'm not in, we don't know too much about what patrols like or how exactly we're going to be selecting missions or whatever. But they, they specifically said you can access anything while on patrol. Um, and they did, but I'm not sure if they meant going to a different planet while I'm, because they did show in one of the videos that you can just go straight to a planet, pick a destination, and just go there. But yeah. I don't know about going to, like, let's say I, I pick a strike um, and I can load it from patrol or or how that works exactly. Like whether you have to select the mission prior to going to the area I really hope, like I've mentioned on the show many, many times, that the strikes are separate areas that you can only go to while on strike. Um, because I, it, it was always weird to me that you always go through the same area while on patrol. Yeah, it is. It is kind of weird. And the one thing that um, I think you can, you can just do it all from patrol. So it, it looked like you had kind of like a two level menu, like you have the menu you open up, menu you open up and it's just the map of the patrol you're on, which has the lost sectors map marked and the uh, like city marked and all that type of thing marked. And then you have the uh, world's map where you kind of pull it up and there are other worlds, which it makes sense. Like why would you have to go sit in orbit before you can jump to a different planet? So that I'm super excited about. Uh, with regards to patrols, there's nothing else I can really remember that I wanted to talk about. I'll try and keep my, uh, my point's a little shorter, so I'm not just ranting for 45 minutes to seven hours because I could probably do that with regards to Destiny probably. 2. Uh, so moving on, um, PvP, we did get a look at Crucible, um, the new game mode I'm super excited about. I personally really hope that this is the game mode they use for Trials. It's very similar to um, like a Search and Destroy from Call of Duty, and that's like the pinnacle of competitive Call of Duty is those Search and Destroy matches. So I am super excited about that. Um, the gunplay is completely different. I didn't even mention this. So, you know, they have the regular guns, the uh, elemental guns, and the power guns. And I really, really, really hope that um, that works out really well. I'm excited the way they did it with that because it, it kind of puts rockets on the same level as snipers and shotguns, which it really should be. Um because, I mean, they're one-hit kills. And I'm, I'm very excited for the way they're doing that. From all the gameplay I've watched, it really doesn't look like there's a shortage of ammo for those type of things. So I don't think we'll see any problems there. Um, the gunplay looks Destiny. And from what I've heard people say, it feels like Destiny. And I am super excited about that as well. Did you have anything you wanted to add on PvP real quick, Jorge, before I move on? No, 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 I'm... I'm, I'm... I'm sorry for that, that brief moment of silence. Uh, I, I really wanted to get your opinions first. 
Yeah. Okay. So that was my thoughts on PVP overall. Excited. Um, besides that, strikes. Um, from the strike we've seen, it looks like strikes are going to be more involved, which I am super happy about. Um, so we talked the first time we did the recording, we talked on nightfalls and I haven't seen any more info on this, but we were talking about how nightfalls we believed from what they said are going to be their own individual strikes, which is something we had mentioned in the past. Um, and I, I really hope that's how it is because if nightfalls, if nightfalls are their own strike, first of all, it, it adds this little bit of special factor to nightfalls because the only time you could act is, access these strikes would be in the nightfall. Plus, it gives them the ability to crank these nightfall strikes to be harder than hard, almost on like a raid level strike activity, which I would love. It would make it truly feel like, once again, an endgame activity. And it just kind of adds more variety so that you don't end up, say, you do strikes all the time. When you go to do the nightfall, which is supposed to be special, you don't end up doing this thing you've done 32 times already this week. Because they have integrated the social aspects so much more into the game where they want more people to join in uh, and, and with the connected games that the, the, I forget the term that they use exactly, whatever it is, they're in game LFG, the, that, that system. I believe that they're going to crank up the difficulty on certain activities. Um, and it just fits in with what they're, with that concept of, you know, social gaming because with nightfalls, it was pretty much just a strike, and then at a certain point, you could solo the nightfall. You would stay back and spend hours on it, but you could stay back and, and take out everything from a good distance. And and now, when when they're forcing you to go in, you know, you need to have a team to do these things. Like, I could see them cranking up the difficulty so that if you go in by yourself, you might be stuck. For example, imagine if the... Um, the restorative mind strike from Venus was a nightfall. It would be very, very tough to be able to do that. So I'm not saying that you can't, but it would be very, very tough to be able to do that solo. Yeah, that's, that's really, really true. Um, so then moving on to my next thing from the nightfalls, cause I'll just kind of keep it rolling here. Um, or like you mentioned, they added the in-game matchmaking LFG stuff, which I believe is called guided games believe that could be totally wrong that is correct yeah i i couldn't for the life of me i couldn't remember the term <laughs> yeah i'm happy that they added it for people who don't have full groups to play with but i still am a big advocate of clans and getting into a clan and playing that way um it kind of you know cuts out the possibility of running into random people who don't have mics which i know you can change the settings on stuff it's like an lfg but I still think there is the possibility, whether they um, think it or not, there's still the possibility of that flame-like um, community mentality that happens sometime on LFG. So uh, I still advise joining a clan, and I highly advise it now because of all the stuff they added for clans coming into Destiny 2. I really like that they added um, a reason to be in a clan. Like The progression through for extra rewards is awesome to me because it gives those super active large clans extra incentive to be playing consistently as a group together or apart, um, earning towards your clan loot. Um, other little things they added that I like, it looked like they were going to have mini games. There were a couple of people, it looked like playing uh, soccer or like, uh, I guess, Rocket Rocket League, similar, but with uh, Destiny characters is what it kind of looked like, um, which I'm super excited that they just have mini games like that by uh, like the camps that you go to. That's awesome. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that was... Sorry, I didn't mean oh, to cut good. you off. That was one of the things that we mentioned a couple weeks ago um, when we were talking... When I was mentioning um, like Link, Link to the Past, Legend of Zelda, how every time we have like a mini game, like you Pick the, the treasure chest that has the 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 real loot. Otherwise, you only get like one rupee or five rupees, like something like that. Like some something to distract you from just randomly going in there and shooting things. Not that the Destiny shooting isn't fun. It is very fun. It's the thing that kept this game alive for three years. But sometimes a little bit more, like random things that just pop up, mini games. Uh, imagine a mini game where you where you have to let's say shoot down twenty targets in like thirty seconds, whatever the targets are. You know something like that. 
that was in like you have to get 30 bullseyes or something like that like things like that are simple fun little activities that people will like there'll be clan challenges like yo what's the fastest time you can get here like those are small things that like add a lot of value to a game that don't always have to be the pew pew shoot the enemy they do and one quick example to just kind of show it is like um I remember oh, it, was, it was months ago now, but uh, I mean, people used to just run around bouncing that black ball and people would see how long they can keep it in the air that's at the tower. But I remember a couple of months ago, us and a couple of our clan mates literally spent three and a half hours in the tower because we were all trying to glitch on top of it. Was, it was, actually, this might have been, this is probably like over a year ago or more, but we were literally trying to glitch on top of the vaults and all of us wanted to do it. So we spent the entire three and a half hours trying to help each other get up there until every single person got onto the thing. I remember that. I showed you guys how to do that. You did. And then we played, I believe I can fly. Who else was in that part? Because it was was you, me. um, Pelish. Pelish. Eli was there. Um... Mike was there, maybe Nick, medium. Uh, okay. Maybe. I think Nick was maybe, there. Yeah, I think Nick was there. Maybe Downhorn. I don't know. A bunch of people who some of the people listening have no idea. Some of them know them really well. Right. But um, it was it was a great time. We, we had a ton of fun doing it for hours on hours on hours. Um, but yeah, just stuff like that. Now that there are actual mini games, like you know, people are just gonna be like, "I'm bored. Are you gonna go play some like a uh, Rocket League soccer in the the tower?" Yeah, sure. Let's go do it. Like, cause cause why not? Um, anyway, moving back onto other stuff. Uh, going all the way back to the reveal thing, because I never actually made a comment on this, but I really loved all the trailers they put in the reveal event especially the history of Zavala trailer, because it really like, first of all, it showed what it really does mean to be a guardian. It put emphasis on the fact that we die and come back to life every single day. And that's just crazy, like really crazy to think about. But um, really liked how they did that. Moving on to the actual abilities, they showed off abilities in um, the trailers and then actual the gameplay. The new abilities, you got the um, Captain America, I'm going to call it, the Arc Strider this, and the the Dawn Sword, or I think is it so. Dawn the the Sun, Sentinel is the Titan. Dawn Blade Dawn is Blade. the Warlock. And Arc Strider Arc is Strider. the Hunter. Yep, yep, yep. Um, we're just really cool. And what I really hope they do is we have those three coming. I really hope that all three of the original are available because it's it seems like they're they've they've made like one available from the original for each. That's what we've seen. So I'm wondering if what's going to happen is with each expansion, because there are two planned expansions, we get a return subclass, like one return from the original and a new one, which I would be perfectly okay with because then it kind of gives you two subclasses to max out each um, time we get an expansion, which if you remember correctly, we had two at the start. You had to get to level 15, then you unlock the second one. And having those two was enough until we got to uh, like, Crota's end. We didn't get a third all the way until Taken King. But if they had given us another at Crota's end, like that's pretty good. And if you think about it, like say they add two subclasses, especially because they're more mainstreamed now, they're they're very much like you have to be like this. You're gonna you're gonna specify your class. So if they give us two subclasses with each expansion, and then say they do a comet in a year and they add two more, like that definitely keeps the content growing because it gives you something to do each time an expansion comes out. It lets you, whether they're old or new subclasses, it lets you work towards some sort of progression. And if you're playing all three characters, that's six subclasses for you to max out every time there's an expansion, which is quite the time commitment if you really think about it. So that would be awesome. Um, some of the new abilities they added, I really like how they changed abilities. They've changed the armor so that it, it affects your agility, your recovery, and your armor rating, which is really how it should have been because that's the type of thing armor could really do. Light armor, you're going to move faster. Heavy armor, you're going to get more defense. So that type of thing's really cool to me. I like that all the abilities are um, kind of stationary because it doesn't – well, it, it changes the trade-off in a way. Um, it, it makes it more streamlined. And I know I want things to be, I've talked many times about how I want it to be separate between PVE and PVP, but this kind of 
works towards the competitive PvP style, which they were talking about. I did not even mention when I talked about PvP that it's going to be all fours. I think everybody is aware of that by now. Um, I'm okay with that change. It keeps the, the competitive flow going. And four is, four is a good team size, I think, for De- Destiny-style play. So I'm okay with it. It may get a little, little old because I do like playing sixes just for fun. But, you know, four will be okay. I'm wondering if Rumble is going to be still six or is it is it eight or six? No, eight is Call of Duty. Six is Destiny. So I, I don't know what Rumble will be. We'll see. Um, I really like how they added the third ability for all characters. So you have like the warlock thing, which is kind of like the the original Titan bubble where it does either um, the heal heal you a little bit. It's different than Titan bubble ever was, but it does heal you, heal you a little bit or give you a little damage boost. Um, the Titan wall, uh, the hunters, now they all have shade step style thing. It's just a dodge. Like I really like that they added that extra little ability because it makes the classes feel more individual. It plays like a warlock, which is technically a support class. So it can heal or give damage boosts, like that type of thing. The Titan, they're the tank. So they get walls now. Like it, it gives that, like, it almost makes that whole, oh, warlocks are going to be healers. Titans are going to be tanks rumor from months on months on months ago, more of a, of a confirmation type thing if you think about it because yes in in the in their own special way that's what they're doing they're giving them a specialization in that way so i really like how they change the abilities um some people are upset that they've kept the same grenades and stuff but i'm okay with that because it helps make destiny feel like destiny i don't see this as well it is an entirely new game i don't see it in as much as a new game as it is a continuation on this series so i i wouldn't really want them to change it it's it's similar in the way that um Call of Duties have always had stun and flash grenades and a frag grenade and most recently sticky grenades. Like you're going to have the same type of things through each of these shooters. If it stays the same shooter, you don't need to change things up too drastically. It's just like how all the halos had some guns that stayed pretty consistent to what they were because you can't change up too much stuff as you go through games and still have the same game. Um, I really liked how the weapons looked. The exotics that they've released are awesome. Um, the heavy ammo style thing, the power weapons, like I've said, is awesome. Um, that's kind of like a quick summary of everything I thought from the reveal. Is there anything big I missed from the reveal, Jorge? Uh, I mean, nothing huge. Uh, one thing that I was going to jump on and say when you were talking about PVP, um, just now, uh, was that there's a separate sound, um, sound box for PVP. So there'll there'll be footsteps, yeah, which is a yep. big thing. Um, with regards to your your comment on subclasses, uh, this is obviously not confirmed because we haven't heard anything directly from Bungie regarding subclasses. Uh, besides Gunslinger, Dawn Blade, Sentinels, uh, Light, uh, what is it? Striker, S- uh, Striker. There we go. I'm sorry, I almost said Strider, uh, Arc Strider. <laughs> And golden, I already mentioned golden gun, right? Yeah. Whatever th- th- those six, uh, they haven't mentioned anything about um, the sunbreaker titan. The well, I, they I, did I mention saw something that said they confirmed that um, the three from Taken King would be returning, but it didn't say anything about them being there at release. I haven't. I haven't seen anything on. Those three from Taken King. Not that it, I doubt that they won't was, be there or anything like that. It was a YouTube video that I saw, and I don't remember whose it was, but it was a big name that mentioned it. It might have been, it was probably either Bife or Unknown Player, because those are the really only mm-hmm. the two I've been watching lately. But someone mentioned that the three from Taken King had been confirmed. But it might have, it, honestly, it could have been a Reddit post where someone was like, oh, I talked to this person, and that could be false. But right. I, I feel like there's, no reason to get rid of those three because they were the most recent. Um, have we seen question? Have we seen the original warlock class that's coming back right away? I'm guessing it's Nova bomb because Ikora was using it in the trailer, but she also did a lightning melee. So I don't know. Uh, I honestly don't know. Um, the, the only ones that, that I, I I've seen with regards to the warlock has been the, the Dawn blade. So I, I I would just be speculating. Yeah. Um, yep. Okay. We we just assume it's not going to be self-res since it's already a solar class with Dawn Blade. I mean, yeah, Radiance. I, I, part of me wants them back at the same time. It's like, 
they really want all these the supers to be offensive and pushing forward rather than defensive and standing back, which is what the problem was with defenders and and radiance. Yeah, but, but at the same time, like if if you have um, you need support because it's it's not all about PvP; it's about PVE as well. And like maybe honestly, if you think about it. They've cut perks from the different things. So maybe if Radiance does come back, say what happens is right. Say I'm a super genius somehow and we get two per like expansion and Radiance does come back. Selfers could not be on that tree because the trees are a lot smaller than they were before. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Like what is, what if, well, we already know that with the Dom Blade, it is going to be a support class. Like all of these, all of these different subclasses are going to have abilities that can be, I guess, shared. For example, yeah. you, you, the the Dom Blade puts down the pool of light. You can it's it's like a weapons of light, or you get your health back. And yes. the the what we saw with the Titan, he puts up that that shield like Reinhardt, and you stand behind it. You can do you pop up. You, you can do extra damage, and then you can quickly reload. So th- there's a lot of options there. And I'm I'm really excited to experiment with them and see what they're like. Um, I just think that the the way Bungie is doing the actual super, the super itself, not so much the subclass, is to be more offensive rather than staying back. For example, a Radiance Warlock would hardly cast her super because they want to have the ability to self revive if if it, if it, if it ever needed to be done. That's true, but I, I still think that it, it serves a role. And um, I think, a, I mean, even if they don't want it like that, even bringing it back and the, oh, why can I not remember the name of it? I, I Viking Funeral keeps coming to my head, but it's not that. It's the thing that gives your abilities to supercharge when people are standing near. Song of Flame. Song of Flame. That is a very offensive thing. Like if you use that correctly, like you can wipe a team with a couple people charging in with a Song of Flame Warlock. Because abilities right. are very, very strong. And I just, I would hate to see like us not get to play the subclasses that are ingrained into the, the lore just because they feel like that's, you know. I can see Song of Flame being more, like, let's say, let's say that the, 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 the Sunsinger Warlock comes back and Radiance. But I can see them taking Song of Flame out of the activation of the super and put it in one of the nodes for the support, like the, 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 the intrinsic perk, like putting down a pool of light and it being like Song of Flame, where you can quickly charge your um, abilities, kind of like, I, get, I don't want to go full on like this, but um, Scory's, uh, the, the, the artifact, the artifact. memory of Scory. Yeah. But instead of for supers, it'd be for abilities. Well, what I've heard is more that ability, that third ability, is the same across all classes for a kit. So the Titan has either the giant wall or the duck behind right. wall. Um, the Hunter right. has the dodge or something else. I forget what the other thing is. I haven't heard it about the, the second ability for yeah, the Hunter. Because it's not important. <laughs> and then the, the, um, the Warlocks is either the healer or the damage buff. I think that is... From what I've heard from rumor, that is consistent across all subclasses of the character. Which, um, I mean, kind of like maybe they do something with Radiance where like you activate Radiance and everybody gets a, like a bubble follows you and like everybody inside it gets heal and damage buff for your duration, like your Radiance to Radiance. Duration. Mm-hmm. Radiance duration. Jeez, I don't know why I can't say that. Like, I don't know. I, I'm just saying like, I, it would be a shame for us to not get it back. One, because it's ingrained in the lore. Two, because they feel like supers have to be offensive. Because I don't think they have to be. And I think sticking supers to just be offensive ruins supers in a way. Because any abil- ability in a game that you get like that, like a super ability, has never always had to be offensive. And I think it's it's narrow-sighted to think they should just be offensive. Because some of the best supers in other games or super abilities like that are the defensive ones or the support ones. And I think they need to keep them in the game so that, um, you know, it, it, they, they hold a place, especially in PvE. And I, I just really think they need to make a return. Whether they make a return or not, I don't know. But I think they need to. My only argument with that is I, I think that with regards to the it, it, 
for example, the Radiance, it's not a pure um, support class. Like, like there, you have to specifically select that, and too few people do. So what my this is what my interpretation of it is. Yes, that they're that they're going to be. It's not so much offensive. Maybe that was a poor choice of words that I had. I think it's more like pushing forward, and pushing forward doesn't always mean offensive. For example, when you think the hunter tether, yes, you can kill somebody, but the whole role of the tether really should be to ensnare a group of enemies and to weaken them so that your teammate can kill them. And you can design perks based on that. For example, the one where if you uh, tether the enemies and they kill, like you, you kill these enemies, you boost the uh, the recovery for teammates around you, or you can generate more orbs, or they can explode to deal more damage around the enemies. There's a whole variety of, of factors with regards to the support um, super, where it's not just pure pew pew kill things um whereas with radiance yes you could theoretically go full on um song of flame and that would be a lot of fun in, in certain scenarios but too few people did that because of them wanting that reset button the the the, the, re the recovery so I, I don't think it's like i think what what bungie's trying to do is, is encourage usage of the super rather than holding it back and that was a problem with Radiance, um, where too few people use the actual super because they wanted to have that reset button. That's true. And I think you can fix that. Honestly, the way they have it set up, I think it's perfect to fix that. Just because it's like, um, for those of you who haven't seen, um, which you should go look at the subclass breakdowns if you hadn't, because they're actually really cool. It's kind of like you have this main circle of things, and then you have a couple different paths to choose. And it's like mm -hmm. each of those paths has one thing that really affects your super. And say they do a path where it's like the Song of Flame type thing, and then they do a path where it's like Radiance, the Self-Res type thing. Well, now um, what you do is you kind of change how the, your neutral game works through those three other things with the Radiance thing. So neutral game isn't that strong. So the only real benefit you get from taking this tree is the self-res. Then you move up to the, the top branch and you give like a really good neutral game, things that balance it out in a way that, that really push a, a neutral game play and um, a strong reason to use something besides self-res. Then um, you I have like that, that benefit or that, uh, why can't I think of this? Like a give or take type thing. I don't know why I can't think of the proper words for it right now. But you make it so people either have to choose to have Radiance or they choose to have really good ability-based things. And I think that kind of would balance out the play, especially in PvP, with that type of thing. Giving people a fixed choice that affects what's going on in their play. Yeah, um, I, I do agree. I think that what they did right now and they'll never talk about this because they definitely don't want to talk about the future of the game, is that they set up the game so that they can modify a lot of these subclasses without having to create an entirely new subclass. They can easily put another intrinsic perk, another skill tree that adds new abilities, another set that makes it easier for the developer to balance it out compared to other supers. The way they have it now, because... It's not all about, let's say, uh, recovery, agility, strength, or, or armor, whatever you want to call it, um, and and having a specific set of perks. One perk is more powerful than the other because of X, Y, and Z. Therefore, nobody's going to be using that skill tree, and therefore, you don't you don't possibly know what could change with a given change to, let's say, Viking funeral. Like it just made there was so many variables that came into play with the current system in Destiny 1 that are easy to, from what I'm seeing, I have no proof of this, but just from what I'm seeing, it seems like it would be easier to balance out a subclass tree rather than having to balance out the entire subclass, which led to issues in the game for Destiny 2. I mean, we, we saw some breakers, a lot of those um, perks were very, very super strong at start, the point where it was full on sunbreaker, and if you were using uh, the, the striker, you were doing yourself a disservice. And then strikers came back into prominence. Yeah. Um. So 
I think that because they of the way that they designed the trees, they allowed for expansion in the future of that specific subclass without having to create a new subclass, which I still hope that they do create an actual new element and an actual elemental change, um, whatever. People have been talking about poison for the long time, drawing into death or using water, whatever, the cold. There's there's a whole there's a whole variety of, of possible things to, to do. So we would just be speculating on the future, but just based on what I'm seeing them put down, I can see them easily making modifications to subclass in the future by adding a new intrinsic perk, adding a new skill tree, a new whatever. Yeah, they definitely have laid the groundwork for their ability to expand on subclasses or expand on things like maybe we get a power from the Vex or something like that in the upcoming expansion. But like I said, I will be perfectly content and happy even if we keep the same elements because the elements don't really matter to me that much. It just matters what the ability is. I could All our abilities could be based around fire, but because we have different abilities for the fire thing, I'd still be okay with it because the abilities are completely different for each subclass. Um, so as long as we keep in those subclasses like new ones, I'm good with it. I, like I said before, my ideal world, we get two with every expansion and which is basically six new subclasses, each expansion because three different types of characters and it's, it will end up playing out good to me. Um, you had said something that I was going to comment on and I totally forget. So sorry. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh... <laughs> Yeah, it was something you just mentioned about the subclasses. Oh, it was, it, I don't know. It was, it was just basically going to compliment you on your idea that they can add to the subclasses because they totally can. And uh, I think that would be awesome because you're right. It, it is more mainstream now. Um, I also was going to make a comment on the fact that uh, sunbreakers were so broken that my KD went up by 0.7 for a few months. <laughs> yeah, I, I just... I definitely see again that they'll never uh they'll we never admit they'll to this. <laughs> they'll never admit to this, but what they did was they they laid the groundwork for the future. They did. They really made it the, the way they made it. You're 100% right in the fact that they really made it so that these subclasses classes can be balanced way easier because it, it basically because they're focused around a certain like you have to specify a specific route you're going so it's like if you go this route you're automatically getting all these things they can really hone in on what makes that route better than the other route and work to balance it out that way and it does make balancing way easier versus when you had 12 plus choices in each subclass that it was really hard for them to balance because um, it's it's hard at that point to tell, is this really stronger than the other thing? Is the other thing too weak? Is this too strong? What's going on? And now it is more mainstreamed in a way that they can fix faster and easier. All right. So with that, let's go ahead and talk about Mash Those Buttons, David. Well, Mash Those Buttons is your ultimate resource for video game commentary, reaction, and involvement by a variety of opinionated and informed gamers who love gaming of all kinds. Covering a large swath of gaming, we cover the latest news and information on the games you care about and always provide unfiltered commentary and fun. Check out all the killer podcasts available today on Mash Those Buttons Network at www.mashthosebuttons.com. All right, and with that, let's go back to Destiny 1. This is going to be a very quick topic. Destiny 1 is getting no more updates. That was a quick topic. All right, let's go to the next <laughs> one. Just no, just it, the, there's not much we can really say about this. It, it's I'm not sure how you can really update Destiny 1 dramatically to the point where people would en like really enjoy it. The yeah. only thing I could think about them doing would have been possibly to have nerfed the damage of sticky grenades. That way people can kind of get used to them. That's actually not Destiny a bad too. idea. I had never heard someone present that, but that's not a bad idea at all. Because we already know in Destiny 2 that sticky grenades aren't going to be the end-all be-all. Like, it's going to take a couple, you know, at least, like let's say you also, shoot somebody and tag them. It also takes more melees in Destiny 2 to kill people in PvP. Right, three melees to yeah. kill, yeah. So there's so, a lot that's going to be different. It, it's almost like, um, well, they made some cooler abilities in a way. They kind of brought down 
the prevalence of abilities, at least in PvP. In, in PvE, the abilities and grenades and stuff still work very strong. But it's it's just they brought it down in PvP, so it's not just a let's spam grenades and melees and stuff. Which is okay. Yeah. But I mean, the, the memes about uh, Destiny 1 being an empty world have already started. And we said it was going to happen. I don't know if it's happening for you, Jorge. It's happening for me. I've seen Destiny 2. Now I just want my hands on Destiny 2. It's only going to get worse after I've played the beta. Yeah, which I'm anticipating uh, July 17th. Just based on the clues that have been presented, I'm guessing that they'll announce it on July 7th, Bungie Day, and then put it out July 17th. I'm wondering if there's going to be something special for PlayStation people only right after E3. But if there is, I feel like we would have seen like a subtle nod from Deej in the weekly update. Maybe, Maybe he could do it in the future. I don't know. It does July 17th. Okay, so I guess here's here's the thing. It's not really a beta, so I can't really make this. I was going to say it seems like an odd time to have it very close to the game coming out if it's a beta on July 17th. But, you know, thinking about it, betas aren't betas anymore. They're just test models for you to play. Right. So, I mean, I, I honestly don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting because the second the beta comes out, I know that my time with Destiny is over. Destiny 1. It's like I'm, I'm already... I'm literally at the bottom. There's not, there's nothing to scrape for. Like there's not even crumbs there. Like I'm, I'm, I've maximized everything I could from this game. Not that I don't enjoy it for what have it is. Have you completed the book a hundred percent truly? I have no desire. Yes. Like, like I, that, that was my goal. That was my goal when, when the book was announced. And right now I have no desire. I have I said, literally every page done. The only page I haven't trials? completed is the trials page. Me and it's too, just, dude. It, it, and the only reason I haven't done the trials page is just because I'm like, I really don't feel like going into the mode. My it's page? not that I, 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 I don't hate the mode. It's just you have to, you have to be in a, in, in a like, okay, we're doing this right now. Like right. that's the kind of mode you have to. If, if you're kind of like, eh, I'm just going in there for fun, whatever. Like that's fine if all you want to do are bounties. But if you want to get the page done, there's a lot of stuff you have to really do. And and right now. I almost don't want to put the time in for it. And that's unfor- it's really unfortunate because I think Trials of Osiris is, is, was a very creative mode that had a lot of great things. But unfortunately, with Trials of Osiris, it influenced a lot of the other game. That at a certain point, I just kind of got turned off from the right. game mode and what it represented, which is it's weird. Um, and... It, it, it didn't become fun. It, it wasn't fun for me. I, I, I remember going flawless with you, David, a couple times when we carried a couple people to Floss for the first time. That was a, a fun experience. A lot a of people. Couple. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've at least got, gone flawless with you. Jeez, I don't even know how many times. But at, at a certain point, like, I've already maximized what I could do. Yeah, it's, I mean, like, this, that page is the only page left for me. And it wouldn't take too horribly long to do because I've, I've only played one ticket since the book came out. And the page, most I ha- I finished a few of the things, and most of them are like two thirds to three quarters of the way done. But some of them are not even close. Like the heavy ammo thing, I think it's twenty five. It's twenty or twenty five heavy ammo kills. Maybe it's even fifteen. I don't know. I think I got like three or four on the ticket, and that just tells me that it's going to take many many tickets uh, to try and do it. And I literally was. Okay, it's a heavy ammo round. We're getting the heavy ammo, but we can't also just kill them to get the heavy ammo because we need them alive to shoot them with the heavy ammo. So we have to play this super strategic like, which just isn't that fun. And I understand that this is supposed to be about the hardcore trials players get this page done or whatever. But like I was a hardcore trials player. The problem is just that trials has been around for so long right now with so few changes. And now anytime I go on, it's literally just the biggest sweat fest of my life that I don't enjoy it anymore. Like like Jorge said, we carried many people to the lighthouse and I used to love doing it. I used to do 15 plus t- like tickets every single weekend because I just really enjoyed playing. I'd hop on every single night. And I'd play for like six hours, just trials, having a great time with our client doing it. But now I, I just, it's, it's not fun anymore. Everybody doing it is just super sweaty because the casual community either has given up on it or only wants to play it when they're getting carried. And it just has, is not 
fun. There's so much lag in it because of the limited population in it. People still, I, I don't think they've fixed every cheat still. There's still random times where you'll just, it seems like every month a new cheat comes up in trials where people find a way to just make it stupid. And I just don't have fun in it anymore. And I really would love to finish that page just so I can say I've finished um, the book, especially because I have every trials emblem except for that one. And now I just don't know if I'll ever get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean th- that's where we're at right now with regards to Destiny One. Um, the last thing we were going to bring up with regards to the show before we met, go on to our weekly featured streamer is that Arc Strider is going to be in the players' hands at E3. E3 is coming up in about two weeks from this recording. July, uh, I'm sorry, I almost said July, June thirteenth of two thousand seventeen is. That Friday is going to be when all the big players put out the uh, their games. Most likely, that's when we'll see Destiny Two, um, the the little announcement for E three come out. They'll have e, uh, they'll have it playable at E three. We're going to get a lot more people um, their thoughts on Destiny Two, what they thought of it. You know, the strike PvP, obviously playing Arch Strider. I wonder if they went and made modifications to that build. With regards to grenade launchers, because when um, when people were talking about the the version on on display at the the gameplay reveal, the grenade launchers kind of were in a weird spot because rocket launchers you can kill from a distance, even though you kind of want to aim at a wall or the ground or whatever, unless you have tracking. And grenade launchers weren't as didn't feel as powerful. I don't think they should also, though. My opinion, just just no. I, that's that, that was it. I was just making my comment. I d- I don't think grenade launchers should feel that strong because if they do, you end up with the Call of Duty noob tube scenario where they're just stupid annoying, and I don't want that in my game. I I kind of want them to be. Here's the thing: like, if they're not going to be super powerful at impact, I kind of want there to be more ammo for them then. Well, there was a That's time how you would bet. it was like when, from what I saw in the video, when people would pick up, and this is in PVE, a rocket launcher ammo would be like two shots. When they pick up grenade, it was like 10 grenade launcher shots. And like they were killing majors with like three or four hits from a grenade launcher. I have to take a look at it more. I mean, w- one thing I did see is with regards to the, to the heavy ammo was it felt like the weapons weren't always one hit kill in PVE. Whereas right now... They're pretty strong against majors. They'll they'll take down pretty much all of a major's life, and all you have to do is just shoot them once or twice. That's true. So it, it feels like like power weapons. Yes, they are going to be powerful, but they're not going to be Galahorn level, where you can just shoot one and take out an entire, you know, group of of enemies. So my thing is with power weapons. Now that snipers are there and shotguns are there. I almost feel like, and maybe the entire community will just hate me for saying this, I almost feel like you should just get two or three shots with each of them, and they should be insanely good. Like, snipers should be a one-shot body shot, and oh, no. and shotgun should have mad range. That's that's oh, honestly no. how I feel, because it's, uh, it's considered a power weapon now, and you're not going to be using it that much, so give them limited ammo, two or three shots, and make them power. The, the, I, I can confirm just based on video I've saw. Uh, I know they're not. Sniper rifles are I know not. they're not. I'm just saying that's what I think it should be. The one sniper thing rifles did... are weaker in Destiny 2 than they are in Destiny 1. With body shots, right. you barely took someone's shield all the way off. The, the one thing I did see with regards to shotguns was it felt more slug type. Yeah. Not, it, not that it, it was full on like slug, but it, it, right, it, it, the, the spread almost felt like Destiny 1. Or looked like like vanilla Destiny one. Mm-hmm. So like it, it, I I don't think that they're like they're gonna be from what I'm just seeing. I have no proof of this. I I've never played the game, but just from what I've seen, like if it almost looks like Destiny one with regards to shotguns, like they look powerful. They 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 look and sound, and I, I can't say that they feel powerful because I I have never played the game. But they just seem like they're going to be very, very powerful and, and and feel strong. Whereas sniper rifles, like they they look like they feel good, but they're not the end all be all like they are in Destiny One. 
Well, it depends on who you are. But um, kind of going back to what we were saying, uh, the Arc Strider is going to be playable. Um, that was all they really mentioned. I'm wondering if we'll see... I mean, I have a feeling that the the Warlock Dawnblade will still be in there, but I'm wondering if we'll see kind of changes where we get, um, say, another Warlock class to play with because there'll be two Hunter classes to play with. So unless, did they say they were getting rid of the Golden Gun? Do we know? Maybe you won't be able no, to play Golden, Golden Gun. Gun's okay. So for the, because I'm, I'm wondering, like, why would they give you two, uh, two Hunter builds, but not two of the other builds? So I'm wondering if they'll give you like an original Warlock choice. I'm guessing that the um, Sentinel will get revealed at Gamescom. That's the next big one after E3, wouldn't it be? Is Gamescom? Yeah, I guess. Uh, I, was this was the Sentinel not playable? From what I saw, the, there were people using it. Um, I no, I don't think it was. I think it was just Striker, Golden Gun, and Dawnblade were playable because I've I, they've they've released video of people using um the uh sentinel but i think that's just back built because there was video of people using um oh. the arc strider so i don't know i it just i feel like because then that would answer my question as to what the warlock class would be if they make it playable but they might not mm-hmm. all right uh so with that were there any other things you wanted to bring up Th- this week was pretty light on news so there's not much for us to really talk about new and I have a feeling it's going to be the same thing next week. But next week we'll have hopefully a special guest. I have plans on that. Um, anything you else you want to bring in, bring up before we close this bad boy up? Uh, no, not really. Uh, I mean, I could probably talk on Destiny 2 for another four hours. But I don't want to talk people's ears off on the stuff they already know. So, nah. I'm, I'm good for this week. Anything you wanted to bring up? Nope. That's it. So, David, go ahead and close it up. All right. Well, we want to think. Wait. Time out. Time out. Uh, weekly featured streamer, our new subject. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. You're right. I apologize. I and I did mention it before we. Yeah, you said it literally like five minutes ago. <laughs> so <laughs> that's so sad. So uh, our weekly featured streamer this week is. Tr- let me give it a ten second so we can go ahead and. So before we close this up, let me go ahead and bring up our weekly featured streamer. His name is Travis. He is on PlayStation 4, and I actually played with him a couple weeks ago, or actually a couple days ago. Um, he is on Twitter at PashingMotatoes. That's P-A-S-H-I-N-G-M-O-T-A-T-O-E-S. He's on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Lord. He's going to be changing his PlayStation handle. That's why I'm not going to be giving you that um, with Destiny 2. So you can check him out on Twitter. Check him out on on Twitch. He's a great guy. A lot of fun to play with. It was hilarious when we were playing. And I wanted to bring up him for this week on our highlight of the streamers. If you have a streamer that you would like to highlight here on In Orbit, make sure to send us a message at... In Orbit Podcast on Twitter, or send us an email at inorbitpodcast at gmail.com. And with that, David, go ahead and close the show out. All right. Well, we want to thank you all for listening, as always, to In Orbit. We are available on a ton of platforms, so please make sure you're spreading the word. The best way to do this is to simply share In Orbit with others. We are on iTunes. Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Overcast for iOS, Downcast for iOS, Google Play Music, Stitcher Smart Radio, Player.fm, Pocket Casts, YouTube, and we have an RSS feed. Links to each are available right on the Masters Buttons website at www.masterbuttons.com. Make sure to stay tuned after the show to hear what's coming this week on Masters Buttons. Make sure to check out the other shows on the Masters Buttons network at masterbuttons.com slash shows to see all of our podcasts. For any questions regarding scheduling, check masterbuttons.com slash schedule for all scheduling details. Check us out on twitter.com slash MTB site, twitter.com slash inorbit podcast, facebook.com slash mash shows buttons, youtube.com slash mash shows buttons. David, where can people find you at? You can find me on Twitter at DS underscore bolt. 
or streaming on Twitch, twitch.tv slash DSBolt, no spaces, no underscores. And as always, you can find me on all the different net- social network sites and gaming platforms via my screen name, go to NRG. That's G-O, the number two, N-R-G. Make sure to contact us with any questions to inorbitpodcast at gmail.com or drop us a tweet at twitter.com slash inorbitpodcast. My prior events are not a memory. It is momentum. It advances, leads, and control. Points and directs. Shapes and forms. I may not enjoy everything that lies in front of me, but as in any story, the past needs resolution. We are the authors, the finishers of our fate. What is in my past is my prologue, and what is in my future is my destiny. On behalf of the entire In Orbit team, David, Jordan, Jared, and myself, we thank you for listening to our show. And as always, we'll see you on the next mission. Your destiny calls.